You're listening to BGO Blind Pig, BGO's official roundtable discussion of all things D.C. football. Come pull up a chair, pour a libation of your choosing, and join in some passionate D.C. football debate. BGO, a burgundy and gold obsession, is the most passionate, intelligent community of Washington football fans on the web since 2009. Join us at www.bgobsession.com. All right, welcome back to another rendition of The Blind Pig. This one's going to be a little bit of an emergency pod. Is that what they call it? (laughs) A react pod? That's right. So, um... We're going to break down the schedule, but we that's not going to take the whole time because we've all already seen it. It's leaked and everybody already has their opinions. But uh, the first question, I want to throw a couple questions out there, and we were just talking before we started recording, was one, Aaron Rodgers, member no. of the Washington football team. No. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it, and I know I'm not taking a, a little bit of a beating on Twitter because of that but I just I think a you know I know he's a great quarterback there's no question about that that's not the debate the debate is he's 30 he'll be 38 I believe this season probably take a lot to get him here um not some of the silly rumors I've seen on Twitter where you know we're going to swap first rounders with him or give him Matt Ioannidis that seems to be a popular one it's going to take a lot to get him and I I am I'm not saying we wouldn't maybe we would go to a Super Bowl hell maybe we'd win a Super Bowl and that's certainly a desirable thing, but it's not the only thing. And I'd rather have a long period of sustained success where we're in the playoffs every year and threatening to go deep in the playoffs. I'd rather have that than a couple of years of glory with Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, I don't really like very much, but that's my personal opinion. The, the minute he walks in the door, right, he's the man. And it's all about Aaron Rodgers. And it's no longer about Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Payne and Allen and Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. We've got a, it's like the anti Rivera culture guy. Yes. Uh, And yeah, I'd love to see him. If he just said, I'll come in and play for two years for vet minimum, and then I'll leave, then, then we'll talk, but that's not going to happen. You're going to pay him a quarter of your cap and you're going to tie up all that money where you need to re-sign all of those people we just talked about. So I just think it's a mess. And I, like John, I don't like the guy. So no, no, thank you. And the fact that we'd have to just take his contract on, he's not proven to win here. So we're going to pay him 30 something million to maybe take us to a Super Bowl that we're hinging on him. Like he hasn't done it except one time. He's only won one Super Bowl. He's not worth the money he's getting, but he, has somehow ransomed Green Bay into paying him over and over again. We don't need to do that. We've got Fitzpatrick coming in that is going to do his thing. And we got Heineke and Allen behind him that we need to find out this year. We don't need the distraction. And we also, like we were talking about on, on the board, we don't really have an identity on offense. We don't. McLaurin is great, but he's the only one. So we're not a well, passing team. Gibson, I love Gibson. But he got hurt, and he's also only going in the second year. So we're not a rushing team. We need to establish an identity, and Rodgers, like you said, Mark, all about him immediately, and that kills everything in the locker room. And I don't want that. I just don't want it. So the biggest concerns I've had and I've seen, and they're the most valid concerns about not bringing in Rodgers because he is an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. He's a Super Bowl. He's a league MVP, all of that. If we could have Aaron Rodgers for five seasons, I think I have to pull that trigger. You know, and I'm saying starting at at 30 million or whatever, I would have to greatly consider that for five seasons. I hear you. I don't want two. I don't want one. And he decides to retire to go to Jeopardy. Five years, I think, is worth two first rounders and two second rounders. But But that's just because not named Warren Moon or Drew or Tom Tom Brady. Brady. I know worth it at four. You're talking five years in two years. He's 40. I know. I know, but he also he also has almost doubled the team record in touchdowns in a single season. I mean, the guy has a different ability. He's a diva. He's whiny. I said I would consider it. I didn't say I would pull the trigger. I said it would make me think about it. Postseason, what does he do? That's when the money matters because Dan Marino was setting records for years and never did it. That's fair, but Rodgers has also been in the NFC Championship game the last, like, three seasons. He's, I mean, he's a great quarterback. There's no, you can't argue it. If you're not for it, it's got to be because of 
his age, what it would cost to get him. Right. And uh, the fact that he's a diva and none of us like him. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the minority there. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say I would. I get the rest of it. But if you could guarantee me five seasons, that might make me seriously consider it. Now, there's no way to do that. There's no way to guarantee five seasons. So I get it's a whole hypothetical thing. I don't think we're going after him anyways, because if we're not going to be willing to trade more than a first and a third for a guy like Stafford or yeah. make a move within the draft, I don't see us spending that kind of money on Aaron Rodgers. I don't see him wanting to come here under any circumstances. I just think that's kind of dumb, actually, because he says Oakland and Denver are his two – or the Vegas and Denver is – what do they have that we don't have? A top five defense? Beaches and ski slope, man. <laughs> and coaches coaches that he can push around a little bit. He ain't pushing Rivera around. I don't think Ron wants the guy here at all. I think I don't think he's a he doesn't do diva, you know? Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so I think we're a no. Yeah, I think we're a no. I'm just yeah, throwing out hypothetical. Pretty, pretty consensus. Uh, I would be remiss on a more sad note, not to mention the fact that this past week was a little emotional. We heard of the passing of Colt Brennan, uh, kind of a sad story. I guess I started looking into him a little bit. I've heard some some reports about him. He ran into some tough times a couple of years ago and uh, fell into some pretty bad drug habits and alcohol. And he was actually at a rehab facility when they found him. Um, so that's pretty unfortunate. I, I, I'm not asking anybody to really comment i guess as much as i just wanted to kind of throw it out there because that was kind of a weird shock nobody really saw it 37 years old you know he was the cult of cult on the uh the board that we will not mention was a major thing and it was real and it was it was heavy in that season with jason campbell and todd collins and people were people were wanting to see that guy play some football and uh he was legit in college. He looked really good in the preseason, and he just never had a chance. You wonder if it was his attitude, his work ethic, who knows. But it was sad to hear that news this week. Yeah, I became a Hawaii, a University of Hawaii Rainbows at the time, a Rainbows fan. I think the, the Warriors now maybe. Are. But um, anyway, that was before Cole Brennan's time. But So I had a special interest in him because he's literally like royalty um, in Hawaii. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I just felt like I'm sure if I went back and watched this season, I might look at it differently. But I just never felt like he got a legit chance, uh, a sustained chance to really under <coughs> center to know. I never felt like we really knew could he make something of himself in the NFL. But it's kind of sad that he never got that chance. Um, I don't want to dwell on it either but I was thinking about Colt earlier today in terms of when you've been the man and he was truly the man in Hawaii right he was the the superstar the the golden-haired boy literally and when you fall on hard times and you lose all of that that's harder than never having it at all it's got to be right and it, yeah. it's you know, a lot of guys go through that. They hit what I mean, Ryan Leaf. Is anyone going to be surprised if Ryan Leaf crashes and burns for real at some point? But anyway, I had a, I had a moment and thought about Colt, and that had to have been a tough go for him. I feel for the his I feel for his family. He had a traumatic brain injury too, so you can't discount. Since I work in a place where we take care of people with traumatic brain injuries, I mean that changes everything. Even mm-hmm. setting aside like what happened to you as far as your aspirations, it changes everything. Funny. That was from a car accident, and his girlfriend died, if I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. That, that right there will send any man over the edge. The love of your life dies next to you in a car, and you are you wake up a week later. Mm-hmm. That'll mess with you, man. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I said on the board, it's just uh, it, it, it's it's probably got to be the hardest thing for a father to bury their child. It's something I fear every day as a father of three that I would have to one day, you know, and I pray every night for safety for my children. So I can't even imagine what the family's going through. I will say to end this on a bright note, that Thanksgiving game down in Dallas where we Mm -hmm. beat and him and and, uh, Cooley taking pictures in the end zone. In the end zone was one of the best pictures. Yeah. One of the most genuine smiles and just pure joy. And that's how I'll remember the guy. Yep, absolutely. Um, just Holt, to hold Brennan, we hardly knew you, brother. Right, cheers. Godspeed. Um, to double down a little bit, Mark, you mentioned Ryan Leaf. It's kind of funny. I don't know if you've kept up with him at all. 
not in the last year or two, I think, but I, I kept he's, hearing his name in, in bad context. Not anymore. He's like a, a he, he counsels professional athletes now. Well, I may have um, heard that now that you mentioned he, it. He goes around and he's like, don't be me. He's done anything <laughs> yet. So don't sit here and act like you're somebody. The league owes you something. He uh, goes, well, and he, he's come on the radio numerous times and he's been flat out and said, I wish somebody would have sat me down and looked me in the face and said, you, you mean nothing. This, you got drafted number two or number one or whatever. You, that means nothing. Now, now the work starts. And he said he wished he could have realized that early on. So, good for him. Todd, well, he was, was, bitch, was he that was the other guy? Drafting. Who went number one in that draft? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yep. yep. Todd, what? What did you say? Todd Moranovich was another guy. Uh, remember that guy? Robo uh, QB. Dad, Robo QB. Yeah, dad raised him from like yeah. a little like Tiger Woods kind of a kind of a thing. Really mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, once his dad let him go to college and he had his first like Twinkie, he had never had sugar in his life. And he's like, that's <laughs> what <laughs> I <laughs> so without further ado, uh I can share the screen or we can just talk it up. I'm sure you want me to throw it up there. Yeah, so pop it up uh, there for a minute. Let me pull this. Pull it out, Derek. Just pull Ooh. it on out. It'll let me whip it out, Derek. It'll let me pour Come another on. beer without you guys seeing me do it. Uh so this is as of whatever. So awesome. official this thing got leaked everywhere, but I think Instant reaction. I know Mike is going to be so depressed to find out we don't play on Thanksgiving. Super depressed. I hate those games. Well, (laughs) I think the instant reaction that everyone has to have right out of the gate is five straight NFC East games to close the season. That is insane. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I just can't believe that they set it up that way because you could have you could have one set of standings going into that week, what is it, week 14, and then have a total upheaval by the end of by the end of the season as far as who's leading the division, who's going to the playoffs. It's going to be kind of crazy. So to me, to play all of those games and not really get to the meat of the NFC East schedule till week 14, that's kind of unprecedented. I've never seen anything like that before. That could be good or bad, right? If you're in the lead, it makes you nervous as hell. But if you're still two, three games back, you're thinking, we're in this. We yeah, we gotta make, it's going to make injuries and health more important, which should be a scary thing for Washington fans with our if, history. If um, anyone's going to motivate you on those last five games, it's Ron <laughs> Rivera, who will just chew you out, pick you up, dust your butt off, and kick you back in the game. I mean, I love those locker room talks by him. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually happy to see this because this, this is our destiny in our own hands. It's not going to be about, well, if Dallas loses two, then we win two. It's right there. If we beat Dallas twice, they lose twice, we're up. And nobody will be able to do anything about it. They won't be able to say, oh, they backed their way in. No, we were going to earn this one mm-hmm. because we've got, if you look right above it, it's Tampa and Seattle. And, and Carolina, right there, three in a row, right before it, it's it's time to get it on. We, we're going to control our destiny this year. That is a hard-ass schedule, though. <laughs> I, um, I, went, I haven't had time to go through it fully, but I don't think this is an accident, and I don't think it's, it's just the NFC East. From what little I could tell, the NFL went out of their way um, with several – I think I went through four or five teams and they're all have these heavily concentrated division schedules at the end. I, I love it. I think it's, it's kind of a game changer if this is going to be the new way they do it. Although we got Dallas sandwiching Philly, right? You got one week in between those games that, that, Oh, well, whatever, man, we're going to, it's just like, get it on, get it on at that point. We, the buy is smack dab in the middle of the schedule, which I think most fans, Probably prefer that. Um, Agreed. I know we've had a couple. We've had a couple seasons where it was way early, and that just never feels. In fact, it seems like we've had a lot of those where we where we got the buy way before we really needed it. Um, mm-hmm. so I like that. Week, week nine is about perfect. So we were week talking nine. earlier. We were talking earlier about um, mm-hmm. about the how tough the schedule was, and I I posted up a stat somebody put up on social media yesterday. I think it showed that in 2020, our combined opponents' records were just barely over 500, which it's kind of hard to believe that because you did have like six teams that were won 11 games 
or more in 2020. But then the 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 other teams that are on our schedule this year, there were a lot of stinker seasons, mm-hmm. um, like including the- six divisional opponents that did not right. win the seven and nine division. So, right. Yeah, the NFC East was terrible. Yeah. That brought that average down. But then what I'm, I guess what jumps out at me the most is you kind of you hit early you got at buffalo at atlanta i mean atlanta is not necessarily somebody that you fear but at the same time their offense can score points uh so matty ice has done as far as i'm concerned and i don't think they drafted a qb who's um, that julio jones has once again been used as trade bait you right. know that dude's gonna get sick of it yeah, you don't. That's not a gimme, man. Matt Matt can still play, but I don't. I don't fear it's a them. Winnable game. We go into that dead even with them. I think it's yeah. a winnable game, but yeah. they can score points. New Orleans, who knows what's going to happen? They don't really scare me because of their quarterback situation. But this is the this is the year that New Orleans comes back to the pack back. in a big way. I think because you know who's your quarterback? They don't know who but, their quarterback is. I think it's going to be a week to week thing for half the season down there. You'll see Jameis and then you'll see Taysom Hill. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're not going to see Ian book until they're, you know, have four wins in week 16 or whatever, but. Yep. And then you get that game. So I got to just looking big picture at this. I was wondering before it came out about the national game thing and what the league might think of us and what the networks think of us. We've got three nationally scheduled games, very likely to be four coming out of the bye. Tampa Bay. There's not a time set for that, which tells me that's available for flex. We may be on looking this at, schedule. There's a time we might be looking at three. We're minimum three national games for a team mm-hmm. that went seven and nine last year. I think they they think we're coming. Well, and the other one is the Philly game again, week fifteen at Philadelphia. That one's to be determined also. So that could be flexed out to a Sunday night game. We only have they love putting us on primetime against the Eagles. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We want to make sure that you don't miss out on any future BGO Blind Pig podcasts. On our YouTube channel, simply hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to BGO Blind Pig via Apple Podcasts or another podcast provider, go to our description page and click that follow button. Yeah, I don't think any Washington fans of any era really and really like to see us on off-schedule games <laughs> because it just seems like we don't we don't show up as often as we should, even when we're not against you know major opponents. Well, up until the last couple of years, we've kind of turned that around, right? We went up to Pittsburgh and beat the undefeated Steelers last year on national TV. That was yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a different day, but it's I got you know 35 years. Of, oh, I'm I hear uh, you. I hear you. Cleansing <laughs> that has to happen. 35 years of pain and suffering. I'll tell you what, though. I, um, I'm I'm up here in Steeler Country, and uh, they were they were talking to me the next day, and they were like, "You didn't blitz. Your team is that good on defense that you didn't even really blitz. You just hit us." And I went, "Yeah." And they mm-hmm. knew. They knew we were prepared. We were prepared to come in there, and we had our game plan. And we stuck to it. This isn't. I don't think this is Jay Gruden anymore, where you just kind of stand there, you know, and abandon the run after ten after ten carries, and you know, and and just roll over. I, Ron Rivera, especially now that Rivera is not going to be dealing with with the big C word, yep. he can fully focus, and his intensity will be back. Because Ron Rivera, since his days in San Diego, is just an intense dude. He is up in your face, and he is screaming. And he because he's he's a linebacker. That's what they do, you know. But I think this year we come out just full guns blazing. It's he's not just, it's just it's not just the whole cancer thing. Hopefully, being behind him, he he was handling all of the GM duties, and now he's got yeah. he's got Herney and uh, Mayhew. So he, a lot of that weight, he he's going to be able to focus on the football stuff a lot more. That's the Snyder stuff and the name yeah. change. I mean. The guy walked into the guy walked into an inferno, put it out, and took us to the playoffs while dealing with cancer. And now wow. everybody's looking at us like we're a team on the rise. It's kind of funny. Like John said it on the board today, and it feels like he's been here three and a half years redoing this. And the guy's barely—he's yeah. barely been here eighteen months. You know, it's just been not e- not even that long. So, um, I guess 
the part that I'm looking at on this schedule, the Buffalo game, that's going to be tough at Buffalo. I'd rather play them in September than in December, though. Bingo. Um, Bingo. Uh, then you and got. When they're still trying to get it together. Week three, they're not going to be. Josh Allen to, to uh, Diggs might not be on money right there. You know, they might still be figuring it out themselves. And then week six, seven, eight, and 10 are the ones that we're going to have to really show up and i know denver sprinkled in there but I, I i don't know that i i fully fear them given what's on either side uh week six is first kansas city seven is at green bay eight is at denver and 10 is at home hosting tampa bay uh stretch that's gonna be a rough stretch the good news though is that between denver and tampa bay is the bye so Obviously, we can't predict the schedule because there's a lot. We can't predict records this early. I think that's kind of an act in futility because so many things can change. It's well, yeah. In not, Green Bay, we might be going against Blake Bortles, right? Right. Ooh, and in wow. Denver, we might be going against Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? You know. Um, one, so, thing, but, one thing that I noticed is that some of the teams that we might be um, well that are on the schedule and that we may or may not be worried about, we uh, have new head coaches. We've got the Falcons have. Arthur Smith, who I'm not even sure I know who Arthur Smith is, but he's the head coach now. Uh, the Eagles. We've got uh, the Chargers have a new um, brand new head coach, Brandon Staley. He's the head coach of the Chargers now. Uh, the Chiefs, even though I know you're going to laugh at me, but the Chiefs got uh, had a, quite a bit of coaching turnover, not head coach, but they um, replaced their wide receiver, their linebackers, their running back coach this offseason. And then other we got other guys, you know, LaFleur is only in his third season. Vic Fangio with the Broncos is only in his third season. So I know that that's probably not a huge factor, but I think it is. It does give us a little bit of, of course, we've got Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera's, you know, been a head coach for a long time. So I don't think it has as much of an impact on us as it. You got to add the Eagles, John. I can't even think of his name off the top of my head, but you got a rookie coach up there too. Oh my gosh. The guy who's talking about, we're going to have easy, easy playbooks and we're going to do Rubik's cubes and we're going to have pit rock, paper, scissors to see your comp, your competitiveness. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So um, yeah. I think that I think that the 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 Chiefs also had a major offensive line turnover. O lines are not just plug and play. The reason mm -hmm. the Hogs were so good is because they had years and years of chemistry together, and they played together and they knew each other's moves. They knew when they were farting. You know what I mean? These mm -hmm. guys are all they cut Fisher and brought in a guy that was the same price as him, and was just like, "Eh, sorry, you're gone." You know, so. I, I don't know. I don't think we beat the Chiefs. I think Mahomes is just uh, – unless unless we take a playbook out of Tampa and just blitz the crap out of Mahomes to make him throw it off his back foot, they'll get us. I think they get us. I think Buffalo is a toss-up. I think uh, Tampa – God, Tampa – I just can't – and I'm a Redskins fan to death, but it, you, betting against Tom Brady is a homer move. It's a homer move. Um. Seattle, 60-40 lose. And then I, that's three. I've got three losses there so far. And then I put two more in there with division, with the NFC East. I, I think we go 10 or 6, 11 and 5. So I, I'm with Derek. I'm not going to – I'm not I, – I always say we're going to win 10 games because <laughs> I'm, I'm a homer. But 10, 10 and 7 the, now. We would go 10 and 7 the, now. I do look at the games at the beginning of the season because – I think it's really good to get off to a good start, uh, which is something we haven't always done. And I, looking at the first five games, I could see us going four and one in those first five games. I really could, because Buffalo is really the only game that you would say we we are absolutely would have to have a a great game to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. But um, if you look at those other games, the Saints are on the downturn. Um, we're playing them at our place. The Falcons. I'm not a believer in the Falcons. They won, what, four or five games last year? Um, and I think the Giants and Chargers were going to take them. So, I mean, I, I, I would that would be a hell of a start to go four and one, not to not to jinx anything. That's what I've always looked at first when the schedules come out. I go right to that opener and start doing the domino math. You got to win the opener. So what I liked right off the top is the Chargers are not, it's not, we're not playing Mahomes out of the gate. We're playing a second year quarterback with the rookie head coach at home, one o'clock Sunday. I like our chances in that game, but if you don't win it, then 
all of a sudden you're you're facing your first division game on a short week and you're looking oh and two is a big problem so to me the that first one is always i swear it's the most important game of the year at least in my modeled brain here's uh, I think that's a big game. So I went today and looked at, at Rivera's record on opening days. <laughs> He's five and five in his 10 seasons as a head coach. The, which is not great news. The better news is that he went 0-3 in his first three seasons. So he's been five and two since then on opening days. I just wanted to get a sense of, from that, if I could, how quickly he gets his team ready to play early in the year. Well, we that shocked big... Philly last year, right? That Take... was the eight sack. Yeah. Because nobody knew what to expect from us. This year, they'll know what to expect from us. They've got a year's worth of film to look at. Now we just got to beat them up. We just got to beat them up. We got the defense has to control Justin Hebert, Herbert, Hebert, and keep him him in line, not let him go crazy on you. And we need to control the ball, and Fitzmagic needs to throw it to our guys. But I I like our chances there. What's up, Mike? I was saying, it doesn't seem like we do anything special on defense. We don't really blitz. We line four up, and you got to beat our four. Our four beats your four every time. I think, well, I think part of that also has to do with the fact that our linebackers are not being blitzing specialists. I think we're going to do more. I think but we're going to see a lot. They can look at the film all they want. Yeah, we're not really change it. Yeah. There's no super crazy schemes that we're running or, you know, edge blitzes or anything. We're just lining four up on the line and going for it. And So watch the tape you want. You, we don't, you got Haskins tape. You don't have. I think, I think you're going to see more of that this year, Mike. I think I think Jack Del Rio is going to go full Richie Pettibone on with this defense. And Ioannidis is coming back. Don't forget that's one of the reasons we didn't get weren't getting that interior push last year. It's like not we, an accident. We brought in a William Jackson to play some man press from time to time. I, I think he's going to scheme up some more shit. But the good news is you're 100 percent right. The reason that we used to dominate like in '91 is we could pressure with the down four. Oh yeah! All your crazy stuff in the back. So we got to win the opener. That was that was why I went down that road. So a weird quirk I just realized. Looking at these dates, our first preseason game is August twelfth. Our first regular season game is September twelfth. There's five weeks between our first preseason game and our first regular season game. I thought we were going to three preseason games this year. We are. Because my, well, we, so my ESPN app has five us, weeks. The ESPN Good. app is still showing us with four preseason games. They don't name them, but they're on there. That's just a mistake, I guess. Yeah, because they took it off and put it on a regular season, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So I was confused when yeah, I said that. So looking at that, if I fast forward in the little calendar here, August 12th is a Thursday. The following Sunday would be the 15th. Then you have the 22nd, the 29th, the 5th, and then the 12th. So are there going to be bye weeks built into the preseason? I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind if the whole preseason was a bye. <laughs> I'd be in favor of that. I, I, this, that. That would be better if you're going to – because the coaches want to see film, but they also rush to try to go from 90 to 53 and – evaluate that give them five weeks of five weeks of preseason with three games to let them have more yeah. camp more yeah, time more practices all of that stuff then you bench the entire all the starting group you got your starting however many you bench them and just let those other guys trying to make it play the last two i hate preseason right. i hate preseason ever since uh portis blew his knee out done <laughs> yeah I yeah. always liked, I liked the first preseason game because it was the first chance I got to see the laundry running around on the field. And then I liked the third one because you saw the starters for a while, like in the first half. The second and fourth weeks, I'd, I'd, I'd have them on in the background, but I'd do my ironing or something. I'm betting with COVID that the coaches around the league have probably pushed the, the decision makers to give them more time before the season to evaluate because they're not, you know, the whole yeah. Players Association is pushing back about non-mandatory, you know, um, team event uh, participation. And they just don't have a lot of – it gets less every year as far mm-hmm. as the, the actual time and pads they're allowed to have. So they're probably campaigning for it in the background. Because I feel like this is a late start, September 12th. What I feel like usually camp breaks right around my birthday, which is the 31st, and then it's usually about two weeks until 31st of July. Then it's about two weeks until – your first preseason game and then it's usually right around the first weekend in september we're talking about 
the season starting. And this is – we're almost two weeks in before our first game. Yeah, I'll have to look at the calendar and see if that was just a, the vagaries of how the, the weekends fell this year. But Right. So when – what what's the date on the final game? January 9th. Yep. 9th of January. Okay. In New York, could be snow. At New York, baby. So yeah, they'll we're be- talking – They'll the be done by then. in February for the Super Bowl at this point. Yeah. Just saying, snow game, that could be fun. Oh, we could see snow there. Um, we could see snow at Philly. We oh, you might see it in Green Bay or, or Denver. No, nah, not in October. Denver, we could. Uh, I, Denver I can't say that. Could. It, snowed, it snowed last Sunday here for about four hours. <laughs> Uh, we could see, we could have that random snow against the uh, the Eagles here at home on January second too. But where's the one in the fridge? Sure. This makes you wonder how things are going to shake out. I see a lot of early home games. If I'm just looking at week eleven to week eighteen, we're talking five. What is that? Six, five of the last eight games are going to be on the road. Yeah, and three of the last four on the road division games. That's a tough. That's that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. So we, you guys, we talked about, um, you know, the back ending of all the, all but one of the NFC East games, but we didn't really talk about who do we think got better this offseason. Without that's a whole other pod probably, but just just with a quick drive by, do you guys feel like um, did Washington keep pace with? with the other teams getting better, or do you think the other, uh, the Giants and the Eagles and Cowboys got better uh, this off season? And where do you stand on that? I, I, I'm going to go verse on that one. I think we did better than everyone. We, we upgraded in wide receiver. We upgraded in corner. We upgraded in, in quarterback. We've got depth in O line. We're, we're plugging in places there. We upgraded in linebacker. We have the core defense comeback. The only thing that I need is a signed Kerrigan, but I just, that's because my heart. <laughs> um, every, yeah. Everyone thinks Dak Prescott's going to come back and just step right into where he was. Look, Alex Smith is a perfect example of you want to see a man come back and do it again, but that leg is not the same. It just isn't the same. He's not going to be the same. He's not going to step out on the field and just be thrown for 4,000 yards. Um, they didn't upgrade in, in New York, and they're still trying to rehab Sa- Saquon Barkley. Barkley's still trying to rehab. Jalen Hurts was benched the last time I saw him, and I, nobody has really upgraded much anywhere except Washington. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, if you enjoy the BGO Blind Pig podcast, you may enjoy the video version. Visit YouTube and search BGO Blind Pig to access over 100 previous episodes. However you enjoy BGO Blind Pig, we thank you for listening. Well, I think in New York, they added some outside, like some receiving talent that they didn't have. They gave, they gave Jones weapons. They didn't give him any more protection. They didn't get him like a stud offensive lineman, which I thought they were had to do. But they've given him weapons. He's got no more excuses. There's a lot of pressure on him. I think the Giants maybe got a little better, but I don't think I don't consider them to have really jumped. Dallas, like Mike suggests, it's a lot of it's going to depend on how much of Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. I think he'll probably come back effectively throwing the ball. He's not going to come back being running all over the field and extending plays right off the bat. So I and he might get hurt again. I mean, it, um, and they've they added a lot of new bodies to the defense, but they're kids. They got a bunch of a bunch of rookies, so it's hard to see what they did. The Eagles, I'm just not seeing it. I'm, I'm not a Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a, a stud NFL quarterback. I think he's a kind of a guy who's going to get some yards for you running, and he's going to win some games with plays like that. But I don't, I don't see him standing in the pocket and beating you in November. I think we did at least as well as anybody, if not better. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about, about where we stand. One, um, one more thing before we move on. Wait, one more thing. And Ezekiel Elliott is one year worse of fumbles, head cases, belly shirts. That dude is one year worse. And they didn't upgrade at running back. 
Yeah, right. He's eating everyone up and jumping in the in the Salvation Army buckets, but he's fumbling everywhere and he's a head case. He well, they're a different team when he's when if he if he comes out like he did in his rookie season, they are a different team when he's playing at that level. But it, it's hard to understand something's not right there for some reason. He just hasn't been able to keep paid. And he got paid. There's a lot of money. <laughs> you can't get um, rid of him. Nobody's taking that contract on for a running back. To what do, you, uh, what do you think, Derek? To respond, I think, I think, on the surface, you look at the Giants, and they probably made the most moves. Um, Galladay. So week two of the Giants is probably going to be a lot different than week eighteen of the Giants, uh, just because I don't have a lot of confidence that the team on week two. Ver- the New York team we see at home is going to be the same New York team we see in um, come week 18. Uh, they will probably put up a lot more of a fight. I I believe in Galladay, but I don't believe Galladay is going to give them 17 games. I think he's a talented player, but I don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy. Uh, same thing with Saquon Barkley. Um, if they treat him the way that they've treated him the last couple seasons, he's going to have that a similar type breakdown uh, because of just the way that they use him. Saquon Barkley should be used like Alvin Kamara, not like Adrian Peterson. They're built differently and they're using him between the tackles, between the guards. They're using him to stay in and pass pro. They're using him to do a lot of things when he's an explosive open field ball carrier. If they can, if they change their tune to where he's catching more balls and he's running, then that could be a whole different conversation. But they haven't shown that propensity yet. Um, so I, I think the Giants have upgraded, but I don't know that they have upgraded for 17 games. The Cowboys are going to have a natural upgrade at quarterback, but I don't, again, believe that it's going to take them from a 4-12 and 12 te- team to a 14-3 and three team. Uh, I, I think they're still going to have struggles because there's still only one ball. And when you're paying Cooper, you're paying Elliot, the kind of money you're paying them, justifying throwing it to Gallup and those other guys, it's going to get a lot harder, especially when Jerry Jones is going to want to see his his paychecks making paychecks, you know. Eagles, I think the Eagles legitimately just said, we're so far over the cap, we can't do anything. And we're so far behind the rest of the division. We're just going to suck for two years. And we're just going to rebuild. And I hate to say it that way. Well, I don't hate to say it that way because I hate Eagles. But I think that's probably the smartest thing they could have done. To try to piece together some offseason this year where they've put together playmakers to sell jerseys and fill seats is not going to be conducive for their long-term benefit. They have done some things. I don't think about them now. I think about the fact that if Carson Wentz starts in Indy for 75% of the games and they make the playoffs, then in reality, I could start in Indy for 75% of the games and they make the playoffs because that defense is so good that that second round conditional second turns into a first. Then they also traded back and got another first. So they've got three first round picks next year in theory. Then they've got two first-round picks the following year. Yep. So you're talking about five first-round picks over the next two seasons. Well, guess who's going to be coming off of their, their, you know, their high within the next two to three seasons? It's going to be Dallas. So the Philly, if the Eagles are set up if they're smart to compete with a young team like Washington with for the next however long after two to three seasons. So I don't see. I don't. They don't scare me. But to the point i think we upgraded more because of where we upgraded we had a picnic table at quarterback last year and we beat these teams and we went from having you know nothing literally the worst rated quarterback position to having one of the most efficient deep ball throwers over the last three seasons coming in, and now he's our starting quarterback. Or at least we assume he's our starting quarterback. He's in competition to do that. Add to that more playmakers. Add to that more defensive talent on an already talented team at middle linebacker, at corner. Nobody's talking about William Jackson. 
Everybody well, I'm talking about, about him. I think that's a game changer on defense to have that I, guy. I, I mean, we have, but I'm talking about the media. Nobody's talking about William Jackson. Good. Well, you're talking I, Jamin Davis. Sorry, not, real quick. You're talking Jamin Davis and a press shutdown type corner added to a defense that was top five in pass in you know statistically. Now it's a little jaded because we were playing some pretty bad teams and some bad quarterbacks. So that's going to be the key, but I think we've upgraded plenty to not only keep pace, but I don't get why we're not the favorite to win the division next year. It just doesn't make sense. Well, because we're, never, Dallas. we're never the favorite. Yeah, exactly. I think the one thing, and I've said this before, I don't think it matters what Dallas has on offense or what New York has on offense or what Philadelphia has on offense, because I really feel like our defense with another year in the system, I mean, we forget this was a brand new defense, brand new coaches, unfamiliar with the players. Look what they did in their first year. I think this coming year, it's going to be the coming out party for the Washington defense. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we set the NFL sack record in, in 2021 and Daniel Jones can have whoever Galde, whoever he wants to be throwing the ball to, but if he's on his ass, you know, <laughs> eight or nine times a game, it's not going to matter. And, and that's, um, the, that's the big thing is all the things the Giants did, they still have Daniel Jones. Do you realize how many times he's fumbled the football? Even the ones that they were – he averages, it's like 2.3 fumbles per game or something. Right. Like, Kirk, he's Kirk Cousins in blue. Uh, it's worse. And, it, like, it's crazy. He's played he, – I think he's played – maybe it's not – maybe it's 2.3 turnovers per game. But it was something crazy. Like, he's played in 16 games, right? He was his rookie last year, right? Jones was a second-year guy last year, right? Second-year yeah. last year. Okay. He came so in with two games, I, I want to say he's he has either turned the ball over or fumbled. It's something like 50-something times. It's crazy. Well, he saw him running to the end zone, and he tri- tripped over his own feet. Like, I, I guess it's a fluke play, but that's, that's Daniel Jones. That's what he does. <laughs> he's definitely a guy, if you lay hands on him, bad bad things happen for him. Mm-hmm. And, so you know, sweating, sweating young, love laying hands on people. Here's something we haven't talked about. Two years ago, our head coach was a guy who probably shouldn't have been a head coach in the NFL in a very short period of time. What's your instant reaction? Who's the best head coach in the NFC East? I, I, I can't not say Is Rivera. Rivera well, After what Rivera walked into, McCarthy walked into a golden ticket, and I they won McCarthy four games. Kind of a, I don't think much of, of McCarthy. I think he rode Aaron Rodgers to a big contract. But what I'm what I'm seeing now, John touched on this a second ago. This is year two of Rivera's program. If you're going to see the big ascension in a program, it's generally in year two when he's had a year to get his guys lined up and get his program in place. Everyone's on the same page. We've upgraded in talent. And I'm looking around the NFC East and saying, who's going to out, who's going to out coach us week in and week out in the NFC East? Nobody. I don't, I don't think Rivera is the greatest game manager. I mean, he's never had that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to what you're, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Mark, but I don't think he's a great in-game coach. He's, we saw, we saw it last. Well, we saw it with some of the weird, I'm going to put Dwayne Haskins in there and lose the game force uh, or put it on Dwayne Haskins arm. And then in the post game say, gee, I don't know really why I did that, but um he, no, that's fair. That's fair. I guess. I guess. But, but he he definitely knows how to win games, and he he's not going to do. I mean, he he has that riverboat Ron moniker, but he really isn't a guy that does a lot of crazy gambling. Um, he'll just do it. And he also enough. doesn't call plays, right? He 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 might make the decision on whether we're going for it on fourth down or not. But Scott Turner runs the offense, and Jack Del Rio runs the defense. So that's that's who we're going to find out about this year. Is we're going to find out. Scott Turner, we're going to find out a lot about. Yes, because now we have a quarterback that can actually make all the throws yep. and execute that offense. So we're going to find out whether he's a really innovative OC, like he kind of made Taylor Heineke look like Joe Montana for a game. Um, we're going to find out this year a little bit more about him. I think it's going to turn out to be a lot better offensive coordinator than people think. Your, your point is fair. So I guess when I'm thinking about who's the best coach in the NFC East, when I think of Ron, I think of a guy who – who prepares a team to win, who knows how to organize it and get it all on the same page. And then hopefully he's learned his lessons about in-game and he turns that part over to 
the specialists, Turner, Jack Del Rio. I, I think we're, I think coaching wise, we're in pretty good shape. Would that you say, Mike? We, go ahead, Mike. I said, I said, and he's also the guy that'll go for two against the Giants instead of mm -hmm. kicking a field goal and going into overtime. Look how much we'd have loved him if that play worked, though. Sure. We'd be singing, we'd be, we'd be singing, but, we'd be singing his praises. But you'd know when you'd go on a riverboat like that, you're either going to be the hero or the villain. Yeah, true that. He, he lost, so you know he gets to be held to the fire. But yeah, I mean, listen. Last year he came in and he dealt with cancer. He dealt with all this stuff. He dealt with Haskins. All these games that Haskins started, we could have won. That the ones he lost, we could have beat Seattle. I, there was a moment there in that game where we were hitting Russell Wilson so hard that I was like, they're going three and out every time. Yep. But now so are we. You know what I mean? Now so are we. Oh wait, he threw an interception. Gosh dang it! You know, and and the defense was going. It, coming back in three and outs, three and outs, they get, got no rest. Now we have a chance, and he has a chance to do something. And, you know, with Jared Patterson as our starting running back, we're going to go all the way. <laughs> I think what we – I think I what we see you. with, with Rivera – right <laughs> Mark was – Mark brought up the ghost of Jay Gruden, pot smoking Jay Gruden. Thanks a lot for that, Mark. But I think the, difference, the stark difference you see in him and Rivera is – Rivera has those guys ready to play. We're not going to win every game, but I think last year, even, even with Haskins under center, it wasn't like the team took the field and we were just out of it within, you know, two series and the guys stopped, stopped playing in the second half. And we're almost always, I think one of the best things I saw last season was we played better in the second half than the first half, harder and better as the game went on, not the reverse, which is what we'd seen under Gruden. But so the not to revert, I just looked it up. The worst and, thing that we did was that we had no offensive uh, opening drive touchdowns all the season. whole season. Yeah, no so Daniel Jones. Touchdowns. That hurts. In two seasons, Daniel Jones has twenty-two interceptions, and he has where? Oh, I just lost it. Uh, twenty-nine fumbles. Yeah, damn. You're fifty-one times he's handing the ball, potentially handing the ball to the other team. So, sorry, I, I just wanted to confirm my and stat if, there. if we see that, then Jack Del Rio sees it, and they spend the whole week heading into that game. Swatting. Thinking, Swatting. Get after the ball. Get after the ball. That's what they do. What that? That's what that drill? You know, yeah, you know that's the drill, because that's why Montez Sweat was, was knocking so many balls up in the air. He, he, he was doing it against uh, Pittsburgh, and then he did it again against Dallas. The guy – Del Rio's told you, if you can't get to the quarterback, put your big hand up in the air. Yeah. And something something happen. You have that clock, 1,001, 1,002. I'm not far enough. It's time to look up and get my hands up. Yep. So, well, you can't do a, a schedule react podcast without, without throwing down here, right? We have to throw out instant reactions. How many wins we got on this schedule? He's Sitting here, today to go on, here on May 12th. Are you I guys looking at the schedule? Not 11 and 5 anymore. You're going to be 12 and 6 or 12 and 5 or 11 and 6. Anyway, let me do it differently. Are we a double digit win team in 2021? Oh, absolutely. Do we get to 10? I don't know, but we're a playoff team. That's what I'll, I'll commit to that. So yeah, I, think I don't know because I don't, I don't think that I don't see the NFC East magically being transformed into a dominant conference again. We're, there's, I mean, we're the up up-and-coming team and that's saying something <laughs> I'm just well, no saying one's that. gonna run away if anyone's gonna run away with it it'll be us i'm thinking gonna, right. right so i just don't think i think there's gonna be um i don't think it, it it might not even take double digit wins even with an expanded season yeah nine and eight could win the division mm -hmm. especially especially with this division everybody playing tampa why not you don't think no, nine no, and eight no, wins? no 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 i'm nine and five I'm sorry. Excuse my language here. Nine and eight is not even on my radar. We're ten and seven, or we're eleven and six. We are double digit. Easy, easy. We won seven and nine with Haskins and and a half half a leg Alex Smith. There's no way we don't get eleven wins. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We want to make sure that you don't miss out on any future BGO Blind Pig podcasts. On our YouTube channel, simply hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to BGO Blind Pig via Apple Podcasts or another podcast provider, go to our description page and click that follow button. 
I'm putting us in the I'm putting us in the 10 give or take one. Right it's hard to argue point. against it. It's hard to argue against it. And that's being realistic, looking at what this team was capable of doing last year with what we had at quarterback, the most important position on the field. And then the upgrade that we're going to have this year to that. I, I don't see how you can't look at this team and say this team is marketably better. And if so, here's what we think about if. Fitzpatrick is the quarterback last year. How many wins do we have? Oh, 11. I think we're a 10 or 11 win team. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that thought. We Our quarterback play was so bad for the first <laughs> half of the season. With uh, the, the first three quarters of the season. <laughs> it was, with everybody it, it, wants uh, to anoint Alex Smith, and I love Alex Smith's story. Two of his wins were against Philly where they didn't want to win and San Fran where the defense outscored San Francisco by themselves and he didn't even finish that game. But everybody wanted well, to count that in his five over. wins. Huh? No turnovers and he, he managed the clock. I know, That's but what Alex Smith is. Alex Smith is a game manager who will dink and dunk all the way down the field. That chews up the clock he and he doesn't turn it over. The only thing we were missing on offense last year to make it perfect was a butt fumble. If we'd had that, it would have been, you know, it would have been one for the ages because it was pretty, it was pretty ugly. I get the game manager. I get, but there's a large segment of this fan base, and I love my fellow fans that scream five and one is a starter, five and what people wanted to pay him his salary due this year because he was five and one as a so what can we do with Alex for 17 games? Good luck finding out because he won't be there. But so five and one is a huh? Upgrading our running back with Jared Patterson, if Gibson does, Gibson now doesn't have to go. No, no, listen. Gibson doesn't have to go 17 games full time. Patrick Barber's not a running back. I'm sorry. I, I, he's a fullback trying to play running back. You don't run McKissick up the middle. That's a Chris Thompson move. Patterson with Gibson, that's automatically an upgrade at that position. Samuels with McLaurin, that's automatically an upgrade at that position. Logan Thomas on his second year of studying up, that's automatically going to be better for him. It just, it's that much more right now. We, we've upgraded at these positions. There's no way we're not double digit. There just isn't a way we're double digits. I think it's going to break down to that stretch we talked about. Sorry, as I pour myself another beverage. And staying um, healthy, right? The old staying healthy thing. That's And, it, and who gets hot? Who gets hot those last five weeks? Yeah, it's huge. If but, I mean any team can get hot for a stretch, and if if we're not the team that's hot during that five game stretch, we, that could be a problem. And that's kind of my point with the running back. When Gibson got hurt, they knew we just pa Patrick Barber's just not going to run it the way Gibson does. Peyton. Gibson's a bad boy when he gets that ball in his hands. He just did, but now he's out. Mm -hmm. We don't have to key on the run. We can we can pin our ears back and rush the quarterback and you know and, and and cover the receivers. We don't have to worry about stacking the box. And and with with McLaurin, you just double McLaurin and Steven Sims is gonna drop it. You know he is. So now we got Samuels who can catch that ball too. Yeah, Samuels and, and Humphrey. I don't think Adam Humphrey should be overlooked. Nobody's talking about that addition either. And him playing a true slot receiver, I think. I'm not saying he's going to catch 100 balls here, but he could have some pretty effective moments. You know what I'm saying? Where how many times wasn't there a play that Steven Sims was wide open in the flat and he dropped it and it was the difference in the game? Yes. Because a it would have play? extended a drive. Did you say a play? No, <laughs> I'm just thinking yeah. about the prior. I'm just thinking about there was one play where he was on an out route and the ball was a little low. But it went right off his hands. And if I'm not mistaken, that would have extended the drive and we would have basically iced the game or something. Or vice versa, we would have we were within field goal range or something. There was I can't remember now. I've I think the offense got a lot better and we did it in like the sneakiest way ever. There were no like big overspending, huge signings. I mean, Samuels is a big signing, but you know, he wasn't the he wasn't the most um, talked about free agent wide receiver. But between him and adding, you know, if Reyes works out somehow, if that little project um, comes to fruition and oh, Humphreys, yeah. um, and if the running back, the little guy works out. Um, and of course, John Bates, we haven't really mentioned him either. We don't know what he can do. Um, we could be a lot better. And of course, Fitzmagic, those, those, none of those, none of those signings like were 
headline grabbing signings per se, but I think we got a lot better. I mean, oh, we and Harmon's did, working hard. Harmon, don't forget Harmon. We even did unsexy things like sign Leno yesterday <laughs> from Chicago, which isn't going to excite yeah. anybody outside of like guys like us who have been following the team. They that's a that's a really solid signing. And by the way, he said the reason he signed with us was because of Rivera, because of Ron Rivera. There you go. Wow. Let him mentor Cosme. And I'm, it's really hard to see where that we stepped back anywhere. Oh, and you know what his signing of Leno also did? It pissed off another O-lineman who's going to come in with or a chip on his Lucas. shoulder. Yeah, or he's just going to no, leave. It pissed him. What? That or he's just going to leave. No. That's no, a strange dude, go. right? But it, it just pissed off another lineman that's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. And I, I like my linemen mean. I like them mean and nasty. Mm-hmm. That's, and how they play. that's why the pounces were so good. The pounces are jerks. And they just – they were good linemen. Rich, uh, Richie Incognito. Yeah. We don't want them that nasty. <laughs> yeah. So just just to throw it out there, in, the, in 2020, the team total at the quarterback position – in 16 games was 389 completions, 64.7% passer rate, uh, rate, just under 3,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Ryan Fitzpatrick's last season, he played. He only played in nine games last year because they had Tua. 2019, he played in 15 games, which is the closest kind of comp. He had... He was 311 for 502. It doesn't have the percentage right here. Whereas our quarterbacks last year were 389 for 601. He had 3,500 yards. And his touchdown interception ratio was, I just lost it. Um, I want to say it was 20 plus to, to single digits. If we have that season, last season, we easy double digit win. We don't lose to the Giants twice. We don't lose to Matt Stafford and Detroit on a boneheaded accidental bump into 15-yard penalty for a 61-yard field goal. We don't lose to, you know, we'd, 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 there's a lot of games that we can look to and just say, well, that that we shouldn't have lost that game. We shouldn't have lost them at all. Well, the big difference this year, in addition, if it's magic, is we've got some wide receivers. We're not going to be throwing to Logan Thomas. Uh, we should expect and him to Jamie have McKinnick. a much less – uh, dazzling year this year because there's going to be other people getting the ball that hold on to it. Well, Uh-oh. no one's going to sneak. He's not going to sneak up on anybody this year either. Yeah. I, I, well, I wonder if he's going to be a mismatch though. You're going to try and put a, a linebacker or a safety on Logan Thomas and he's going to do something. I, I think, I think that, I think that, yeah, because Alex Smith loves the dink and dunk and he loves the tight end for sure. Um, but, you know, I think Logan still has a lot. He's going to produce a lot. I think he's going to have a big production year. I'm going to interject here because I think we're about two minutes shy of an hour, and I want to make Mark really happy. <laughs> and I'm going to so stop Overall, overall I think we're pretty happy with the schedule, all with a little caveat of we don't really know what that last five weeks, what, gonna what that's going to mean. That's the way where it's all going to matter. That's kind of the mystery of the whole thing. Well, I yep. think what it what it's going to mean is even if we're a couple of games out, we're not out. It keeps right. that right. We're we're in it right until the very last game. That's I true, say, but it's true for everyone. So keep that. No, moment. I agree. I, all you got to do is win out, though, at the end there, right? And you're and you're making up a full game a week. I had to, I have to mention within a minute now to keep Derek happy. I don't know. I'm just guessing, looking that, at the time um, and remembering what time in we started. Week four, we go up. We go down to Atlanta. That's about the time that Kyle Pitts will start to be showing up on Sports Center and all that. Mm-hmm. And who do we have? We're going to have this young rookie linebacker who's going to spend Raymond a lot Davis, of the day covering Kyle Pitts. When Raymond we Davis. were doing our, it was I guess the mock draft, and I guess when we were doing our our reaction to the draft, when I was reading about. Del Rio and Rivera having studied Jameen Davis, the film they looked at was him covering Kyle Pitts at Florida. Mm-hmm. And they said that he, he shattered him. That's what sold them on, on Jameen Davis. So week four, we get to see the proof in the pudding. Like well, 
when we knock Ryan out of the game and AJ McCarron is my under center, that's going to help greatly too. So <laughs> I hear you. All right. You guys rock. It's been a pleasure, boys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to BGO Blind Pig. Join us next time as we once again dive into the ups and downs of D.C. football fandom. And don't forget to check out our incredible community of Washington football fans at www.bgobsession.com.